Good morning, one and all, and welcome again uh, to the online worship service of the Port of Spain Church of Christ. Uh, we are especially um, happy to have our friends, family, and loved ones visiting with us this morning. And uh, if you are a continued visitor, we encourage you to keep coming back. We love having you with us. You know, some have asked, why not meet in person? And others have even implied that by not meeting, we are allowing the virus to win. But I would like to assure us all that the decisions that are being made are not without prayer, careful deliberation, and consideration for all. You know, we have a choice to either heed the advice of the experts or to not. Some might even say it is an issue of faith. But I assure you that faith in this context is that even though we are not meeting in person, the Spirit still unites us. And the fabric of who we are is not defined by the means of a building, but our individual love for God and each other. So, while we all eagerly anticipate the time when we can return to corporate worship, I encourage us all to be faithful in spite of our physical separation. Amen? Awesome. So that being said, I do want to spend a little extra time praying this morning. As you guys know, there's a lot going on in our country. And I appreciate uh, a brother recently calling us out and asking us to spend more time praying for the situation. So uh, please bow with me as we pray before we get into our lesson this morning. Let's pray. Our great and mighty, merciful Father, God, we, we come before you, um, hearts heavy, as we think about the condition of this world at large, as we think about the condition of our country. Um, God, we think about all that's going on, uh, the crime situation, Father. Uh, and we know, God, that uh, the only reason this is happening is because we live in a fallen world. And that what we see, God, is as a result of man's drifting away from you. Man's inability to allow themselves to fall in line with your will for them. And once we are out of your will, God, we know what happens, God. Chaos, sin, and continued deprivation of our lives, God. So the depravity that we see around us, God, the lack of morals, God, the lack of standards, love and just a pure sense of arrogance and pride god is as a result of our sinful nature may we as a church god as your people shine bright in this world may our lives continue to be an example so that father those who look on and looking for something different and are wanting a way out god they would see our lives see our love for each other as your word calls us to and god they would glorify you in heaven so I pray for our families as well too, that God, even as a time like this during the pandemic, that God, we will draw closer as husband and wife, as brother and sister, as mother and father, son and daughter. God, Father, we help us to, to, to find ways, God, even as roommates, Father, wherever we are, what situation we are in, Father, may your spirit guide us and may our time together, even though we are in our homes, Father, Help it to be a fruitful 
and really deep one, Father. Help us to go deep in our relationships again. And I pray that ultimately, God, your will be done in these circumstances. Father, I pray for our friends and families who are visiting with us, uh, some of whom uh, may be Christians, maybe not. Father, I pray for them that you will be with them. May our time this morning and on all of other services that we uh, put on, Father, for you, may it be a blessing to them and to us all. And we pray that, um, God, you will continue to guide them to you. Uh, those who are searching, searching, Father, help them to, uh, to really humble themselves before you and before your word. Again, Father, we, we thank you so much for the church. We thank you so much for uh, the family of believers. Father, during this time, help us to trust you. Help us to, to truly um, allow your will for our lives to prevail. Uh, may we not argue and complain like the world does, Father. God, we know that we our hope is, is, is in you. And God, it doesn't matter what happens in this life. What is most important, Father, is that we are right with you. And God, we are in alignment with your will. So that one day, God, you will look at us and say, Well done, good and faithful servant. So these things I ask for you, from you this morning. And I pray uh, that your spirit will be with us as we talk about the Holy Spirit this morning. And give us um, humility before your word. Give us clarity, God. Help our thoughts to be in line with what you want us to understand. And fill me with your spirit, God. Help me to be faithful to what your word has to say. We love you. We thank you. It's all, all these things I ask for through your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. All right. So today we continue our three-part series on the one or should I say the Holy Spirit, all right? And um, as we head to the end of our nine-week-long series on the Godhead, uh, Father, Son, and Spirit, you know, otherwise known as the Trinity. Interestingly, the word Trinity doesn't come up in the Bible, right? But it is a, 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 a clear understanding of what the Scriptures teach, right, as we see it. So while we may use the word Trinity loosely, it's it's... No big deal, though uh, I wouldn't make a big deal about it. But um, I, I do believe as the word Trinity does encompass what we see in the scriptures. You know, last week we began our look at the Holy Spirit through the introduction given by the Son, Jesus. In John 7, verse 37 to 39, you know, uh, we were able to see the Holy Spirit uh, is not just a sprinkle. Or a trickle but a river you know and this river flows through us as disciples of Jesus you know um, you know Jesus also made it very clear that this water or spirit was available to anyone who would come to him in other words salvation is only through Jesus right if you want to be saved you got to go to Jesus and hear what he has to say and it's interesting as we continue, we're realizing more and more that th th those, those streams of water, and we'll talk some more about that later on, is, is, is really guiding us to the word, the fountain of life, the scriptures. You know, um, when we come to him, we must be thirsty, right, for this living water. And not the water that we always, that always runs out, as you guys know. You know, wasa water is not always in the tap, <laughs> right? But uh, we know that 
God's water never runs dry. So, you know, I know I mentioned last week that we will be looking at the way the Holy Spirit works and power he possesses. But instead, I'll be speaking about being spirit-filled this morning, right? And what does that mean? And next week, we'll be speaking about the power of the Spirit. So, I, I, um, you could, I guess you could see, you know, the Bible says in, in John 3 that the Spirit, um, whoever lives by the, by the Spirit, you know, you never know where it's going or where it's coming from. So it is with those born of the Spirit, right? Water and the Spirit, that is. And um, I think it's important for us to remember that, you know, being Spirit-led most times is a very exciting life. You know, if your life is mundane and just kind of going with the flow, easy, easy, you know, no, no, no adventure, no excitement, then chances are you're just kind of looking for a nice life. But not with the Spirit of Jesus living inside of us. You know, the Holy Spirit is an exciting guy. He is all about adventure. You read through Acts and you'll see what he did, you know. So, anyhow, uh, the title this morning is Filled with the Spirit. You know, the Spirit was in the beginning and is as much God as the Father and the Son. Something that we got to grasp, right? You know, so it is a great error brothers and sisters, for us to ignore this third person in the Godhead and feel good or even close to God. You know, that is like me saying that I love my family, right? As in my wife and my two kids, right? That's, that makes up my family at home right now. But if I say I love my family, but yet still I pay very little attention to my wife or none at all, and I claim to love my son and my daughter, you know, that's a dysfunctional way of thinking, right? You know, so we can't claim to love God and yet treat the Spirit as if He is a second class, right? He is as much God as the Father and the Son. So He deserves our praise and attention. But what convicts me the most is how involved the Holy Spirit is in my life. You know, yet I can easily pay little attention to Him. When you think about the, 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 the idea of the Spirit being deposited into us through baptism, right? After we've repented of our sins as is taught in Acts, you realize as, as disciples, we have a, a partner, so to speak, in uh, the Holy Spirit who lives inside of us. And sometimes we could pay little or no attention to him, right? You know, I hope the experience we did last week was a, uh, has allowed us to think and speak of the Holy Spirit freely as you come to a deeper clarity of his purpose in your life and walk with Jesus. So, like we said, the Spirit gives life. Yes, absolutely. He does. Um... You know, Jesus himself said that he needed to leave this world so that the Spirit could come. In other words, he was saying to us, his followers, that the Spirit coming was part of a bigger plan than himself staying in the world. You know, think for a second about this. Jesus was human. 
Now, I made this point last week, but I think it's worth uh, repeating. Jesus was human, which means he would have had limitations. Yeah, he did. You know, he was bound to physical limitations that came from being human, right? I mean, he could only be at one place at one time, right? However, the Spirit is under no such limitations. So, he is omnipotent, as in all-powerful, omniscient, all-knowing, and go on and on and on. So now the whole world has access to God through the Spirit, which he freely gives to us at baptism. So in other words, guess what? No one can say that they don't have access to God through his Spirit, because the Spirit is there for everyone. A lot of people didn't have access to Jesus while he was on earth. But in this case, it's very different. And this passage is in John 16. Look at what Jesus says. He says, But very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. All right, so there you see Jesus making it clear that it was important for him to go to the cross, be glorified as we were taught, right? Ascent, raised from the dead, ascending to heaven so that the Spirit can come. And that was displayed in Pentecost, on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. So turn your Bibles, please, to Ephesians chapter 5. And we're going to be looking at verse 15 through 20. And it says in Ephesians chapter 5, in verse 15, it says, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. You know, in order for us to apply this to our lives, we will need to first see the need for us to be filled with the Spirit, right? Paul makes it very clear as he makes this contrast between being filled with wine, <laughs> right? Which leads to debauchery or being filled with the Spirit. In this text, we're understanding this is the Holy Spirit we're talking about, right? Um... You know, we must heed the warning that Paul gave to the church in Ephesus. Note, he says what? Be filled, which is in the present tense. You know, it is used to indicate that the filling of the Spirit is not a once-for-all experience. Right? In other words, we got to be careful to ensure that we are continually being filled. You know, the contrast between being filled with wine and filled with the Spirit is obvious. But there is something in common that enables Paul to make the contrast. Namely, the people can be under an influence that affects them, whether of wine or of the Spirit. You know, it is clear that Paul saw this as a need for the disciples in Ephesus. And in verse 19, he says, you know, we see why. You know, after instructing the disciples to choose the, the control of the Holy Spirit over the control of, or the abuse of alcohol, he continues, he says, speaking to one another in, with psalms, hymns, 
and songs from the Spirit, sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, what Paul is saying essentially to the church is, in order for them to speak to one another in such a way, they needed to be under the influence of the Holy Spirit. In other words, this will not come naturally, right? You know, in contrast to wine, which leads to debauchery, a lack of self-control, that is, right? You know, ask yourself this question. Before becoming a disciple of Jesus, was this my usual practice? Speaking to others with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit? If the answer is no like me, then you might conclude, like I have, it was only due to the Holy Spirit's power in my life that I could actually display this type of speech and outpouring. You know, I recall my life pre-baptism and my speech was nowhere near what Paul is describing here in the scriptures. It, 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 it was deplorable. I was literally a child of the world or a, a son of the devil pretty much because of my speech. You know, at the beginning of the chapter, we see what Paul was addressing in the church at the time. So let's go back to Ephesians 5. So we kind of get the context of, you know, what is it that Paul is actually addressing with the church in Ephesus. In verse 3, it says, But among you there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed because these are improper for God's holy people. Right? So he's talking about sin here, right off the bat. We're seeing this here, right? However, he goes on, he says, Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather, what? Thanksgiving, right? Isn't that exactly what he goes on to say? Giving thanks to the Father, right? So there's, there's this expectation that, that, that Paul, through the Spirit of God, is saying, man, guess what? Where our lives should be uh, overwhelming uh, uh, thanksgiving on a daily basis. That we should always be thinking about what have we received from God. You know, what have we been blessed with? You know, I think about a time like this. It's so easy to complain and to talk about what we don't have how life is just so hard and, and we don't have this and, and I don't have uh, that, I don't have enough money, you know, I, I don't have the job that I wanted, you know. Some of us, we need to be thankful that we do have a job. Isn't that something to be thankful for? You know, maybe you're thinking about your family situation. I mean, there's so many things that I could complain about, which there are times I do and I have to catch myself, Right? Because, you know, it's, it's, it's when I focus on the flesh is when I find myself so straying from this, this, this posture of being thankful. You know, giving thanks is a spiritual quality. You know, so Paul was not just sharing his convictions here. He was helping the brothers and sisters to understand how to overcome this particular sin in their lives, among others, through the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, being filled with the Spirit 
was no joke. And it certainly is no joke today. You know, what is your speech like? Does what come out of your mouth reflect the filling of the Holy Spirit? Psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit? You know, maybe you are a carnival baby like I used to, I was, right? And of course, we can see the, <laughs> how, uh, how much people, uh, I will use the word tabanka for carnival. And um, there, there, there's so much that people are still trying to hold on to this. The pandemic came and said no carnival. Uh, and we, 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 you could see how our nation or the majority of us are just, or those who are into carnival, I would say, are just craving it, you know? And um, you know, the reality here is that, you know, we have to be so careful that we don't find ourselves drifting and going back to, you know, this whole way of living anymore. You know, we, we, we've, we've strayed from that. We've gone away from that lifestyle, you know, but I'll be honest, you know, when you decide to maybe just take a glimpse back, you know, if, if you're like me, you know, sometimes you press on your radio, right? You click um, scan, right? And you're just kind of looking for maybe a song you want to hear, you know, a type of music you want to listen to, jazz, or you want to hear some something slow or something upbeat. I don't know, right? And you decide, or maybe you want to hear some news. I don't know, whatever you decide, right? But then you're going through, and then, so the, 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 the channel, it, it, what it would do is that it would surf all the channels, and it will stop by one, right? For a few seconds, then go to the next, and then go to the next. And, you know, sometimes, you know, you, you're going through that channel and you hear a song and it kind of grips you. It's like, whoa, no long me here, a little so cowboy pressure. And you're tempted to just click stop and stay right there, right? Well, I've been there before. And, you know, sometimes, you know, you, you, or you get to see how easily our hearts are kind of pulled because it's in us. There's a part of us that desires these things, but we gotta say no to the flesh, right? And yes to the spirit. But when you think about it, you know, those, the, the, the songs that the world projects that God wants for us to have in our hearts and in our minds is so contrary to what the spirit wants, you know? And, and it, it, it just helps us to see that we have to be so careful not to, to drift. We gotta stay in our lane. Brothers and sisters, we got to stay in the pocket, stay on the narrow, right? The broad and wide road is for everyone else, right? But we're going to stay on the straight and narrow. That's when we're in line with the Holy Spirit because that's where he is. Even though the road may be kind of up and down and all over because that's how the Spirit works. Guess what? He's not coming off of the road, all right? Um, you know, for some of us, this might not only take the form of what we actually say, but what we type on social media, whether it be WhatsApp, Facebook, right? Instagram, if you're, you're on that platform or whatever platform you guys choose to use, right? You know, the Spirit's power in our lives has enabled us to become like Jesus in our thoughts 
and in our speech. You know, on our own, we are a mess. And that's the truth. However, we need to be aware that Paul was speaking to the saints. These were disciples he was talking about, or to. You know, those who had already been filled with the Spirit at the baptism. Right? So Paul's reminder to them had to do with the fact that they had become ensnared again by their evil practices. They began to scan, right, the, the, the radio of life and go back to these different channels where they know they not ought to be, right? You know, these evil practices, which is clearly the opposite of being filled with the Spirit. So let's establish a few things, right, this morning. Uh, if we go back to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, it says what? Do not get drunk on wine which leads to debauchery, instead be filled with the Spirit. So first of all, this is a command, right? In the Greek language, the verb is in the imperative mode or vitally important. Now, this means the filling of the Spirit isn't an optional part of the Christian life. It needs to be every Christian's goal to be filled with the Spirit at all times. And if you're not, you're out of God's will. Right? You know, because being filled with the Spirit simply means that we are living according to the Spirit, which is what? The Word of God. It is according to God's Word that we live our lives. You know, living a fully spiritual life. You know, think of Jesus. You know, he is our guide, right? You know, the way he lived must always be the, 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 the poster for us. You know, that cliche um, phrase, what would Jesus do? I think some of us, we, we, we probably don't like that phrase anymore, <laughs> right? Maybe it's, it's too super spiritual for us. What would Jesus do? Yes, he was the son of God, but he was fully human. Right? And, and while we know that we will never reach to that status, we must never fall for the trick of saying, well, I am not Jesus, so forget that. No. The Spirit of God is saying, man, Jesus sent me here so that I can encourage you, I can, I can spur you on, right so that you can be strengthened to be like christ you know if our goal is not to be like jesus then what is our goal if our goal is to not be christ-like then why are we here in the first place why do we even show up to church if we are not trying to be transformed into the likeness of christ you know we, we cannot lose sight of our goal of why we jumped onto this 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 narrow this straight and narrow path why did we choose to make jesus lord of our lives is so that we can obey him so that we can follow him you know we are transformed not conforming to the world right difference right we are being transformed as opposed to conforming but the only way we do that is if we are filled with spirits. You know, getting drunk is glorified in our country. 
as we know. When the bars were closed due to COVID-19, you could hear the wailing of so many people. Oh God, I need something to drink. You know, I'm pretty sure that the alcohol sales went up in our groceries because people were buying more alcohol, you know, in the groceries than it used to be in the bars. So we understand what it means or to see others or even in our lives before we became Christians. We may have easily been in that category of being filled with the other spirits, which is not the spirit of God through alcohol. In Colossians 3, 15 to 18, it says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly, as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of our Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. You know, Colossians 3, 15 to 18 is the parallel passage to Ephesians 5, 18 to 20. You know, Ephesians, in Ephesians, it talks about being filled with the Spirit, right? Uh, being, but in, in Colossians, he's talking about what he says, what filled with the Word, right? So he says, let the message of Christ dwell among you richly. You know, that is the same context here. There is an expectation that we are all filled with not just knowledge and understanding, but a sense of connection to God through His Spirit, which is His Word. You know, our songs, what we sing, right? Our speech, what we say, must be filled with the Word. The very songs that we sing on a Sunday morning, those are words that, that, that are inspired from Scripture. When you think about it, when that's when we, we ponder on these words. But when we speak to one another, when we share passages, whether it be we admonish one another, whether it be we disciple each other, we sharpen one another through the Scriptures. And even though we may not ideally quote passages, we are, we are fighting constantly to ensure that our, 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 our admonishing of one another is in line with God's Word so that there's no deviating from there because that's we got to stay in the pocket. You understand? We got to stay within the realm of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, right? You know, not just knowing the Bible, like I said, but really knowing Jesus. The message of Christ is not just knowledge. However, the less knowledge we have, the more difficult it is, right? So we got to be in our Bibles. We got to be reading. We got to be pondering, studying it out. You know, it, it can't be that our lives uh, were so engrossed with studying out everything else, how to become a doctor, how to become a lawyer, how to become uh, an engineer or whatever it may be, whatever your pursuits in life, nursing, whatever. It may, I don't know what you're studying out now even for the campus students who are among us, uh, those who are in secondary school or teenagers. You know, you're spending a lot of time learning a lot 
about a lot of knowledge about what the world is teaching you so that you can acquire certain skills for life and that's very good and I encourage us to be great examples in this area but let us not make the mistake and treat the understanding of God's Word with less importance as a matter of fact it is even more important because God's Word will be it will literally transcend this world that is the only thing that is going to survive <laughs> the scriptures right you know um, you know the, the heart of Christ is what we must seek to gain to be controlled by the Spirit his Spirit the Holy Spirit you know we need to ponder on the words of Jesus we need to ponder on him you know why because we forget so easily <laughs> you know I mean which ones of us can remember what we did for a quiet time last week now you got to go back obviously maybe to your notes I mean there's some of us who are just gifted like that you know and praise God but when you think about it you know the scriptures talks about how people continue to to look into the mirror which is the word of god see their lives and turn away and forget what they look like right but if we look intently is that james says that in the book of james intently into the perfect law that gives freedom you know we are able to escape a lot of the deceitfulness that this world gives to us because we are aware of where we stand and who we are why because the Spirit is guiding us you know Jesus is the center of our theology always what we teach our children our family members our co-workers and even our neighbors it must always be centered on Christ because he is ultimately the focus point of the Christian faith through his spirit that he sent for us so let's make sure that we don't lose sight of what it means to be filled with the spirit right now let's continue uh, secondly it is in the passive voice right what do I mean you know this is a nuance many people would miss right you know in in Greek as in English commands can be either active or passive right however we're much more used to active commands so go to the parlor and buy some bread that's an active command you know if I say fill that hole with dirt that's also in the active voice but Ephesians 5:18 is in the passive voice he doesn't say fill yourself with the Spirit but rather be filled with the Spirit what does that mean this means that the filling of the Spirit is a work of God not man no man can fill you with God's Spirit only God can you know no amount of Bible reading or good deeds is going to allow for you to be filled with the Spirit now understand the context that I'm, I'm bringing here what I'm saying is that as we apply ourselves as we plant ourselves by the streams of living water 
God ultimately is the one who fills us, right? So we're not contradicting ourselves here. But what we have to remember is that it doesn't matter how much we do, right? God is the one who fills us. We have to align ourselves. You know, instead, we must become like Jesus in our everyday lives. This will only come about when we stop focusing on our doing of things and more on our becoming like Christ. You know, Christ wants us or wants to form us, right, into disciples of him, not ourselves. <laughs> you, know, you know, you can become a disciple of yourself, right? You could start to, to determine what you need to do. You know, I need to do this, I need to do that. You know, 10 quiet time for the week. You know, read um, the whole New Testament in 90 days. And, uh, uh, we, and we have all these things. I mean, these things are awesome, by the way. These are great disciplines to apply. But the minute we start to think that those are the things that get us close to God, that keep us in the spirit realm, then we start to focus on what we're doing rather than who we're becoming. This is where we go deeper, brothers and sisters. This is where we ask ourselves, how do I feel about God's decision to allow my life to be where it is now? Am I trusting him? Or am I focused on, no, 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 I want to do more and do more so that God could bless me? No, God will bless you in spite of what you do. Because that's his prerogative, right? But if we start to focus on what we're doing, then we become more driven by works and, and, and us doing as opposed to us becoming more patient, becoming more um, spirit-oriented when it comes to who we are. And we lose sight of God's working in our lives and we start to do the work ourselves. You know, he's not saying fill yourself, but rather be filled. This means that we are constantly filled with the word, pondering the words of Jesus and his life. You know, when you go to the gas station and you use your credit card at the pump, the card registers and now you just put the pump on and start filling it yourself, right? So the gas is set to fill your tank unless you decide to stop it for yourself. So one you acknowledge that you, you're running low or even empty on gas. And two, you want your tongue to be filled. So you will find yourself in the word in the same way. In prayer, conscious of your lack and your need for God, desirous of God and his filling through the knowledge of his son. So even though we read our Bibles, even though we pray fast and apply spiritual disciplines, which is helping us to cultivate a, a, a spiritual life, it is not on our acts. God is the one who does. You know, the Bible says what? We plant seeds, we water them, and God makes it grow. Right? Very same principle here. We, we, we allow the seeds from the scriptures to be planted in our hearts. We water it through prayer, through deliberation, meditation, you know, contemplation, and all these things that we're learning, but then God makes it grow. You know, we don't do the growing, God does.
you know so we got to be careful to make sure that we're not thinking that it's it's our role or our doing that allows for us to be spirit filled and th thirdly it is a plural command um, this command is in the plural as if Paul was saying let each and every one of us be filled with the Spirit you know one you know on one hand that means the command is for every Christian you know God intends and desires that all his children be filled with the Holy Spirit but there's a, ses a sense uh, uh, in which this is also a corporate command you know the church as a ch as a church is to be filled with the Holy Spirit that is the filling of the Spirit is not something for only me or specific people right and for their edification you know God's Spirit imparts life-giving power that transforms the church from a social club or a religious gathering into a living body of Christ so it is when we engage with the spiritual truths on the pages of the Bible the scriptures all roads go right back to the Word of God you know this is where the actions that derive from the filling of the Spirit happens so naturally from being planted by the stream from being filled with this this the spirit guess what you know speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs are natural like we see in verse 19 you know submitting to one another out of reverence for christ we go on to verse 21 he talks about these things paul you understand so so when we think about the the amazing uh, transformation that the Spirit allows for us to, to, to experience we got to see that this is this is God's intention for us to 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 to, to be become a community where we are not just professing Christianity but our lives projected it is clear to everyone that sees and hears our speech to one another that we are filled with the Spirit of God that is like wow the Spirit lives among you the Saints of God because of how you interact with one another you know I'm to be filled with the Spirit but I'm not to be filled alone you know when the Holy Spirit fills us one by one our corporate life will be transformed the church will be a beacon of light and hope to those who are looking in when you think about some of these passages you know isn't this the working of the spirit in Ephesians 4 verse 3 it says make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace there needs to be peace among us we need to be fighting for that and when I say fighting not physically fighting but we need to work it through I know I have a lot of work to continually be at peace with my brothers and sisters as we you may have differences as we go that's how it's been from time immemorial and since I became a disciple at the age of 17 I've had to fight for peace because guess what we are sinful beings so our natural state is to, 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 to get into each other's grill and to, to, to offend one another at times but if, if peace is our goal then guess what 
We're going to be humble. We're going to be patient. We're going to bear with one another. And it's all over the book of Ephesians. In Hebrews 3 verse 12, he says, See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. And the Hebrew writer says, Ma, this is important. That we ensure that each other we're doing well spiritually. Isn't that the working of the Spirit among us? In 12 verse 14 in Hebrews again, he says, Make every effort to live in peace with everyone. And to be holy, without holiness, no one will see the Lord. This is the goal of the Spirit. You know, these passages, I mean, only one of them has the word Spirit in it here, in Ephesians 4. But I do believe it implies, through Hebrews, you know, how our lives project to one another and how we, we, we ultimately have a responsibility through the guidance of the Spirit to live among each other. You know, what makes the difference? The Holy Spirit. Now, we need the filling of the Spirit, not simply for ourselves, but for the reformation and revival of the church. You know, maybe you see in whatever ministry you're in that there's a lack of these, some of these things, peace, unity, holiness, then you got to figure out how do I help my brother or my sister to be spirit-filled? How do I guide them back through the word of God? What seeds do I need to plant and encourage them so that they can think about, man, what is it going to look like? And, and just, just start to, to imagine how awesome it would be if we all are guided by the Spirit. If we're all filled with the Holy Spirit and are able to, 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 I would say, emulate these amazing attributes, these amazing qualities that the Spirit teaches and calls us to. And if we are to have this kind of impact or the kind of impact that God wants for us as a church here in Trinidad and Tobago, we will need the Spirit's power. And we're going to need to give up control over our lives and give it over to the Spirit. There is no other way. You know, let's go back to the contrast between wine and the Spirit. Drunken and Spirit-filled people have one thing in common. They are both controlled people, right? Their lives and their behavior are radically changed by that which fills them. <laughs> Interesting, right? And if a person is filled with anger, then anger controls their life. If a person is filled with greed, then greed dominates that person's life. If a person is filled with love, then love influences all that person does. You know, when the Holy Spirit fills you, He will have the controlling interest in your life. So, His desire for you will become more than you desire for yourself. That's one of those lessons I had to learn as a young Christian growing up. Asking God to give me a heart that desires His will for my life more than I desire, more than what I want. That means you're giving up control. You know, being filled with the Spirit happens as you continually choose to live 
under his influence. As we read the scriptures and we apply these principles to our lives, we are giving up control because our nature is to go against God's will. You know, today, brothers, sisters, family, and friends, let us practice the presence of the Spirit, but also allow Him to control all we do. In our marriages, in our dating lives, our relationships within the church, our daily decisions, our life's pursuits, how we respond to life's challenges. You know, trying to live a good life does not equate being filled with the Spirit, but being filled with the Spirit and under the control of the Spirit will result in our lives matching up with the Spirit's calling, which we see in the Word of God. Through His power and not ours. So next week, we end our series on the Godhead with our third and final sermon on the Holy Spirit. But remember, the Spirit gives life. God bless you. Have a great day.